Welcome back to the SESC Pocket PLC Podcast. My name is Leah Markham, and I currently serve as a lead instructional coach with Southeast South Central Educational Cooperative. My co-hosts again today are the amazing Missy Conlin and fabulous Jennifer Seiler. Missy, would you like to tell us a little bit about this episode we're going to listen to today? Sure. Thanks, Leah. As we culminate this Pocket PLC series, we want to thank our guests for generously sharing ideas and and concerns with each other. Um, to finish up this series, we are going to be discussing breaking down the fourth grade waves standard and then wrapping up with a gratitude circle. Our guest, once again, is Blake Reams, Amanda Baker, Rachel Goodoon, Tara Smith, Savannah Roark, and Kim Jones. Okay, great. I'm looking forward to it, so let's get started. Blake, we're going to let you kick us off here with starting um, our conversation on waves. So you all have selected through Google Form a specific domain in fourth grade science that you felt like would be a great conversation to have. So this will be uh, thinking about this from the perspective of if we were going to teach a unit or plan a lesson or how do we plan lessons? And this is uh, using waves, waves and information. And we can see here that we only have two specific standards. So we're looking at 4PS4-1 and then 4PS4-3. Um, and we'll just read those so students who, under, uh, who demonstrate understanding can develop a model of waves to describe patterns in terms of amplitude and wavelength and that waves can uh, cause objects to move. And then there's a clarification statement we're not going to read just for the sake of time. Uh, but then the second standard there is generate and compare multiple solutions that use patterns to transfer information. And uh, I'm sorry, but I haven't been teaching science for a bit and already that sounds like a lot to me. So I would love to hear some layman's terms of what does that really mean? What does that look like in an actual fourth grade classroom? Um, and so when you're thinking about this, what does that sound like to you? Like, we'll, we'll start with you and then we'll try to do our round table as well. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I think an important thing for really all of the units that we teach is finding ways to make it concrete, even for things that may not be as just readily visible. Uh, and even as teachers, we don't always think about everything that could be an example of what we're talking about. Like Kim has said a few different times, uh, she just asked them to think about everyday activities or everyday things that they observe that could have something to do with it. And I think making sure they do have an idea of where they can see this um, and really get an example of it. As far as developing a model of a wave, I think, you know, first we've got to make sure they understand what the different parts of a wave are and um, realizing uh, that these different parts, uh, you know, in, cause more energy or have less energy or things like this. Um, as far as misconceptions is really kind of what I, when I first thought, 
one big misconception with the waves uh, unit is thinking that waves are um, moving something like matter, like an object and not just energy flowing through that object. Most of the time, the first thing you think of when you think of a wave is the ocean. You think of water moving and that's what they think. They think a wave is the water bobbing up and down or, or crashing onto the beach, which that's what a wave causes to happen. But a lot of times they don't realize the wave isn't the water. The wave is the energy moving through the water. So kind of getting them to understand that can be a little bit difficult because that is, uh, to me even, that's a deep thing to think about. Yeah. And honestly, that's the first thing that always pops into my head, too. It's yeah. the, the wave at the beach, right? Okay, Amanda. Um, I think that's funny because right off the bat, I didn't have a lot of misconceptions that come to mind. And Blake mentioned that. And that's exactly how we start our unit is with a lot of concrete ideas and examples. But we even go back and talk about before we start talking about waves, that it sounds a vibration and it has to be able to travel through something. And it's hard for the kids to understand that when we're talking in a room, there is air and everything is made up of particles and that's how the energy travels. But so we do a lot of hands-on concrete examples just to reinforce that idea. And then um, we start talking about how dolphins communicate. And then so the kids are able to understand, okay, the sound travels through water. And we even read a book about tsunamis and it's like, okay, if there is a tsunami in Hawaii or hold on, I have that backwards. If there is a tsunami in Alaska, or an earthquake in Alaska that starts a tsunami, then why are there not like polar bears and seals washing up in Hawaii? And it's like, oh, the water doesn't actually move. The energy travels through the water. Yeah, great, great. Rachel? Okay, I'll be honest. I don't have a ton of experience um, teaching waves. So um, last year, I actually did not teach science. Um, the year before I did. So I really only taught you know, a concentrated, isolated unit on waves one time. Uh, but I have a lot of common misconceptions from that. Um, so for us, um, obviously, you kind of touch on waves twice throughout the year. Our, for us, first time is kind of through energy, sound, light, um, stuff like that. And then we kind of move on to an isolated unit with waves. Um, and for me, I think the thing um, that I like about our curriculum is it really kind of moves through um, the levels, like kind of like Bloom's taxonomy, like what are waves? How can you define it? What are examples of it? And then how does that affect other things? And then finally, how can we use waves to help us or, you know, communicate or something like that? Um, so for, I think, I think for, you know, students who maybe this is their first time really analyzing something that difficult, because I think waves is very difficult. Um, it's a good way to do that, introduce it, and then kind of move through um, that those levels of thinking. Um, and yeah, you kind of you've got the main misconception that waves are is matter that's moving and not energy moving through matter, which is still for me a very difficult thing to comprehend. Um, and so to asking students to do that is, it's, it's difficult, but I'll pass it over to Tara. She's, she's awesome. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, I would agree with that. As a common student misconception, that is the hard part is because when you say wave, well, they're going to think of the waves in the ocean every time. Um, so it takes a little bit of time to kind of get past that point. Um, but I, I do start out, we identify, you know, the parts of the wave, and then we really go into what a wave is. And um, for me, the harder part of this standard is, is using the patterns to transfer information. Where you get into the digital part of it, like to me, that's hard to teach. And that could just be because I don't understand that part that well myself. Um, and we, like she said, we use TCI. So it does, it starts out with what a wave is and then it goes through like how it affects the Earth's surface. It goes into earthquakes and tsunamis and how that's waves. And then it, the last part of it is the digital part. And that, I mean, I'll be honest, waves is our last thing that we teach. And usually by the end, you know, we're trying to finish up and the digital part sometimes gets a little bit cut short, I feel like. Okay, great. Savannah? Um, as far as teaching waves, we aren't really that far into it yet. We've identified the parts of a wave and that's about where we're at. Like we have just started that unit, so. I'm glad we are talking <laughs> something that's relevant to you. And Tara, we want to make sure also to come back to your your point that that digital piece. Um, does anybody else have anything that they want to share before we move away from that? How you teach that digital? Piece? I have that same difficulty. That's just something. It's it's again. It's hard for me to understand. You know how the bounces from tower to tower to tower until it reaches me. You know and and trying to explain it to the kids and sometimes they get it better than I do. Yeah. I mean, some of them will come up with a, you know, a comment. I'm like, wow, that was really profound. And you know, they get it. They get it. Sometimes <laughs> better than me anyway. <laughs> so it sounds like maybe that, that piece is something we could all use some professional development on. Like maybe we need to have a community partner <laughs> come yeah. in and Tell share with us. Works. How does this work with zeros and ones? Um, so, well, Kim, it's your turn to share uh, how you would um, teach this. When I start with waves, um, we, when we talk about the parts of the wave, the crest and the trough and amplitude and wavelength, um, I go see my PE teacher and I get his bucket of jump ropes. And we go out back and, you know, you have partners and talking about the jump ropes not moving, nothing's happening. And then just have one partner kind of just flick their wrist and it sends a wave and you can see it. And you can see the crests and the troughs and you can see and like have them flick it harder and you see, you know, higher crest and lower troughs. And we talk about that. And then I'm, I let them kind of explore with the jump ropes a little bit and then bring them all together and talk about what we saw and what happened. And I um, also get the parachute from the PE teacher and we'll move a ball back and forth. You know, the waves, how the ball is moving is the energy from, well, you know, we're putting the energy into the parachute, but, um, that's kind of how it started off, and we talk about that. It's just some, um, they get an idea of what it looks like in practice. So, And Kim, I wanted to ask you to kind of share, is this one unit, or how do you It is. This? I mean, in the book, it is one unit, but you see it throughout a lot. I mean, you talk about sound waves, and um, you talk about light and how it moves in waves, and then you have um, just energy in general. So, I mean, it reappears a lot. So, it, yes, it is one unit, but it's also so much more than that. And it kind of spirals around and you hear it everywhere. So, well, and with information. So, you always leave out the information part because that's kind of new to us. But 
Yeah. It's everywhere. But what would we do if it didn't work, right? <laughs> we understand what the the results, yeah. kind of like what we see, but then what's behind that? Technology is great until it isn't. Right. Then, you know, you don't know. And so, yeah. All right. Well, that is going to open us up to kind of an open uh, floor before we start to wrap up. So I want to give everybody an opportunity to kind of share. Is there a question now that you've uh, reflected on that you have an answer to, or is there something else that you'd like to post to the group before we start to conclude? I'm just curious to hear like what uh, format you all use for like written responses. Cause it's from what I've heard, like throughout our district, I feel like it's kind of varied. In our district, we use race across the board just so it, the kids get it and they're used to doing it and they know it's expected every time. We also use race, but then for science, we use C. Yeah, yeah. we use this. Is it C? Yeah, so and when we introduce that, I do link it to race. Like, hey, do you guys remember doing this? Um, and the kids can pretty much make that connection. They get excited that there's one less letter, so they feel like they don't have to do as much. That's kind but, of um, yeah. That's kind of how I do it too. I yeah. say that the restate and the answer. That's kind of like where you're making your claim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I kind of. Yeah. Like say like the RA is similar to the C. And there's a phenomenal way to teach race and that if you want to teach that first, um, I can show it to you on YouTube and pull it up. I can't remember the name of it, but this um, lady kind of takes you through verbally um, and then has it written out and she's awesome with teaching how to restate an answer and all that kind of stuff. We've started using CER for science and social studies because both of them are claim based uh, and definitely connecting the claim with the restate and answer and uh, getting them to understand that it's really the same thing but this is a scientific way to organize and say things and yeah i have used both that's why i was just curious to hear what you yeah. all had used so, i didn't know if there was a preference or certain reason why and I just pulled her up on YouTube it's um Erin this last name E-R-I-N is her first name and then the last name is G-U-G-E and I don't know what grade are you you're due definitely fourth grade for this and then fifth grade, fifth grade. it might be a little young for fifth grade because she's you know it's kind of like silly examples but it really gets the point across and she has a bunch of different lessons take you through it and that's Thank just you. for race though not for c yeah and i'm glad i asked because i hadn't really considered uh making that connection between race and uh the cer or cre and kim did you also use the cer i do mm -hmm. and you had mentioned earlier that the little intro video of yeah, my dad's yeah. an alien uh -huh. okay it's, it's on youtube as well and then you can find the resources for that on teacher pay teacher and again, it has nothing to do with science content, really, but it's just a good introduction to the process of writing a CER. Okay. Anything else coming up for anyone? Okay. Well, that's going to move us into um, the gratitude circle. So this is our 
positive closure that we want to start to wrap our time up with. And so, so a gratitude circle works like this. Everyone is going to get to go in a turn and share something they're grateful for from today. It could be something you wrote down on your reflection. It could be just something that you're thinking. Um, it can be pointed at another person. If you want to thank a person for sharing a particular thing that you think I'm going to take that back. So often we get together in groups and we say things and we do not, do not realize what impact we're having on the people around us, how our words can change the practice of another person. And therefore you're impacting the lives of students for years to come. So if you've been teaching a long time, you know, there's little takeaways that we get from all over, uh, but this will give you a chance to, to share that gratitude with that person who shared that out today. Um, so Blake, and it doesn't have to be anything someone shared in particular, or maybe it's just a takeaway, something that opened up for you while you were here. But Blake, we'll start with you. For me, and I think this is the reason that kind of everybody was excited to do this. It's the fact that as a science teacher in elementary, we feel so alone at our schools, especially because we're the only ones doing what we're doing. Um, you may have teachers that are self-contained that are teaching science at some point during the day, but being that being your only subject can feel very uh, overwhelming trying to come up with everything on your own and uh, not having someone to bounce things off of. I think you, uh, I've never been in another subject so i've not had that opportunity to work with other other teachers on you know things like that but i feel like for people who have you probably have been like wow being able to talk to somebody else about what you're about to teach can make it so much easier to communicate it to your students and i think realizing or and even having this conversation with everybody kind of realizing that we all have the same struggles and we're all you know struggling and, and trying to figure it out is um, encouraging. And uh, I think it would be really a great thing if we could uh, get together more often, not just to do a podcast, but to just discuss these things and, and kind of bounce ideas off of each other and figure out what works best. And, and I think that would make it so much easier. Sharing our ideas is always, that's something that we kind of, that I teach, uh, when we we went, we've been talking about the engineering design process and I was like, what is better? You trying to come up with a solution all your ball by yourself or brainstorming with a bunch of people about this one idea. And everyone's like, well, obviously having a lot of people talking about it is better. And it's the same with this. So. Absolutely. We're, we're going to take that into consideration, strong consideration and think about what the best way to keep some connection is. Um, so we'll reach out to you all also, what would be the most supportive way to continue the collaboration? Thank you. Yeah, Amanda. Um, I wrote down a list of things, but they all really come back to resources. And I think no matter what subject you teach, no matter what grade you teach, you're always looking for a ton of new resources. And I got a lot of those today and some of them were brand new and I've never heard of them. And some of them I heard about when I was in college and I've since forgot about, and you know, that jogged in memory like, oh, I really need to start using this. That was amazing. And especially as a new teacher, you just like want all the help you can get, all the ideas, all the resources. So this was super helpful for me. So I'm glad to hear it. Rachel. Yes, um, I'm thankful um, just for when you shared that you 
have your kids really connect the science to that natural world. You know, I do occasionally have a student or two come up and show me like, oh, look, this happened in my backyard. And, you know, they just kind of like share it with me at the end of the day or something. And I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, and I never really thought to like shine a spotlight on that for the class. Um, So I think that's awesome. um, Giving the kids time to connect with the world. And then also, um, I really think maybe hopefully spreading that idea to lower grades um, could foster some curiosity for kids coming up to us, hopefully crossing my fingers. There. All right. Well, mine kind of went with theirs. I've had um, resources on there. You know, that was one of the, the big things that I wanted to learn when I come here um, is what are, what's everybody else doing? You know, what can I do different and kind of bounce ideas? I also really liked um, that you all kept going back to making things concrete for kids because I think that science, you know, has a lot of abstract concepts and sometimes it's hard to get kids to understand them. But if we can connect that to something they're already familiar with, then that will make their learning um, happen better. Yeah, thank you. Savannah? I really liked hearing everyone's different strategies that they implement in the classrooms um, because it's it's allowed me to reflect more on mine. Uh, we use HMH Dimensions, and I work with the students. Like, we'll read and answer questions together. But hearing from Kim, and I think maybe even Blake had mentioned it, just giving them the opportunity to discuss it, like in pairs or you know, small groups. I feel like I learned so much just from this and that's stuff that I can take back into my classroom. Thank you. Yeah. Kim? Uh, Blake kind of touched on what I was thinking. Um, you know, I'm not alone. I feel alone sometimes. You feel like you're on an island and you're like, well, here I am in my science world and no one can relate. Um, so it was good to just hear from everybody and hear what everybody else is doing. And um, I know we've talked about HMH. We've talked about amplifying TCI. Mm-hmm. Um there's not it's not the curriculum i don't think that you use it's the person behind the curriculum and there's a lot of good things going on i I mean it's just what it sounds like that we're all here for our kids and just trying to give them the best science education they get Thank you for joining our fourth grade Pocket PLC podcast series. We hope this series has supported your practice and that you'll share this podcast with other teachers who also teach fourth grade science. If you would be interested in participating in a future Pocket PLC podcast, please contact us at SESC. And don't forget, be on the lookout for a Pocket PLC podcast focusing on grade five social studies coming your way at the end of February.